0: This is Fresh Matters, and I am Papa Kwesi Ndung. I believe that the most important important the most important challenge you can also look at it as an opportunity that is in front of the country ghana is fixing the 1992 constitution yes many people talk about the financial position of a country. I heard um, one business leader stating clearly on television today that the country is broke. And he gave all manner of statistics. He quoted from the, the budget read by the Minister of Finance in Parliament to prove his point. And he went on and on and on about the figures, the numbers, the financials. He talked about the debt, the overpowering debt of the country. But I am saying that the most important challenge is not the debt hanging over the country's head. It is not the budget deficit. It is not the fact of being broke. Because there are reasons why those negative conditions exist. I believe that the foundation of the troubles of the country can be found within the 1992 Constitution. And and that is why I want to applaud the Progressive People's Party. Yes, you might say that I am part of that political party, and it's no surprise that I will say this, but... It is important to recognize that this one political party, PPP, has since its beginning made fixing the 1992 constitution one one of its most urgent, most critical, most important initiatives that they have put into their policy document, which is normally called a manifesto. And they have declared December 7th, 2021 as a fixed the constitution day in order to give publicity to that need, in order to give that advocacy more push, and in order to bring more people to understand that that matter ought not to be a partisan politics agenda. It cannot belong to any political party, just as the Constitution does not belong to any political party, ethnic group, religious organization, and so on and so forth. It belongs to everybody. Belongs to everybody. And so when today, yesterday, the day before, and so on and so forth, there's this matter that is hanging around the country over a while. How many people are in parliament? Uh, whether parliament voted uh, not to approve the 2022 budget presented by the Minister of Finance or not. Um, And then you have some people, you know, talking that old cliche. Well, they should have their say and, and we will have our way and so on and so forth without getting into the strengths of any argument for or against. And so let me talk a little bit, and I want to present this matter again. Imagine, if you are in the United States of America, if you know the USA, just imagine that all the governors in the U.S. are all appointed by the President of the Republic. So today, President Biden would appoint all of the governors in all the states in the United States of America. And then if you take one state with a number of different counties, So that a county chief executive in, let's say, Wisconsin would be appointed by President Biden, all of them in the United States, all of them in the state of Wisconsin. And that the county board of supervisors, the county board of supervisors would not be elected, that they would be appointed, a third of them would be appointed by President Biden. And then you go down to the city or the municipal level. So, the city of Milwaukee in Wisconsin, the city council members, that a third of them would be appointed by President Biden sitting in Washington, D.C., and that the mayor, the mayor of the city of Milwaukee, would be appointed by President Biden and to be confirmed by the city council members. So the same then would be for Washington, D.C., that the city's council members, a third of them, would be appointed by President Biden. That a third of all the different city councils the, the, the county board of supervisors, whatever name they are called in every state, they'll be appointed by the same president, that one man. and that's, And that's the mayors, all of them, the mayor of the city of Los Angeles, New York City, Dallas, Texas, Atlanta, Minneapolis, everywhere, they would all be appointed by the person who fills the position of President of the United States of America. What would America look like? How would Americans behave? How would America develop? What would happen to the freedoms? What would happen to the enterprise of people? How would it work? Or you went to the United Kingdom and all those councils that they have, you would have a a third of them appointed by the prime minister. Can you imagine? And can you imagine that the same would happen in Japan? The same would happen in Canada? In Mexico? And so on and so forth. You go to South Africa today. And in South Africa, the cities The provinces they have, they elect their own leaders, the people, the same people who elect the people who sit in their parliament, the same ones that elect their president. If they are in Cape Town, they also elect the mayor, the council members, whatever terms. Or whatever names they call them, and next door to Ghana, you go to Cote d'Ivoire. The mayor of Abidjan is elected by the people, and it happens in many other parts of Africa. But somehow, some way, the 1992 Constitution of the Republic of Ghana. relies on one individual, whether that person is a man or a woman, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter which political party, whoever occupies that office. That man, the constitution, believes that the person has more wisdom, more knowledge, than anybody else in Ghana. So the constitution, that allows the people at the lower level, the the people, the people that the constitution refers to as those who would vote for the president. The same constitution does not allow the people to vote for those who lead the regions. So today we have 16 regions in Ghana. And the regional ministers are appointed by the one president and that all of what you might call a mayor for the municipal authorities, for the metropolitan authorities, for the districts, all of them throughout Ghana are appointed by the same one person, the president. That same president appoints a third of all the members of all of the assemblies. And then together, all the assembly members then are supposed to sit and vote to confirm the person that the president has nominated. And recently, Ghanaians have been the witnesses of the chaos and unfortunately the one thing that has been a problem for democracy in Ghana the use of money, bribery, buying votes it's very openly even to the extent that oh some people who um, gave monies to Assembly members to vote for them to become the mayor or the chief executive of an area um, didn't get the votes that they, they were looking for and went back to demand their monies back openly. And the public knows it. The media covered it a little bit, not as much as they should have. But it looks like nobody cares. Nobody sees that as, as anything unique, anything strange, because they, they believe that is what happens throughout elections in, in, in Ghana. So how can you buy votes? How can you get paid for your vote and then turn around later and demand delivery, demand excellent performance? for the person who has paid you. How can you do that? And so let me continue. When you have a constitution that gives all of that power, so let's look at, even it's still in the case of the United States of America, you, you could add any country or use any country that you want. Every important office Every important office in government at all the levels, national, regionals, that is the states, the counties, the cities, the towns, all of them are appointed by the one person. So you would have, instead of people going through Um, A technical uh, review application, have a a service that brings up people, brings up candidates to fill the position of, in the case of the the United States, Internal Revenue Service, the Customs Service, um, the Postal Service. All of those, all of those positions in in Ghana are appointed by the same one president. So you have thousands and thousands of positions throughout the country. So it means that given the partisan nature of things, if you are not with the Party in power, or are seen to be in opposition to the party in power, no matter how smart you are, no matter how experienced you are, no matter how much the country might need your service, well, you will not get that opportunity because many of those positions, if not all, in Ghana are seen to be positions to be used to reward party faithfuls. How does a country develop if you don't fix that? If if we don't have meritocracy become the foundation for putting people in positions of authority and responsibility, how do you hold them accountable? So for example, you put a partisan person in office as a mayor. That person knows that it is not the people in the area who who voted to put him or her there. He knows that he owes his allegiance or her allegiance to the president sitting in Accra. So you might have someone as a governor in Iowa might not listen to the president sitting in might not listen to the people of Iowa, but rather to the president sitting in Washington, DC. How does Iowa develop? How does Iowa develop? And all the money's collected, they go to Accra. So the people sitting in Iowa will be sitting in Iowa or California, to wait for money to come from Washington, D.C. before they move to do anything at all. So if the people sitting in Washington, D.C. mess the money up, spend it on all manner of things that have nothing to do with development, how does California develop? How does Iowa develop? So that's the situation in Ghana. How does the 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 situation in Tamale, how does it develop? And so everybody looks to Accra, looks to the president, wants to be close. And that is what we have done to the parliament in Ghana. Even though we're supposed to have the presidential system of government, we have somehow brought some hybrid something into it. So a minister of state in Ghana can go and sit in Parliament, and interestingly enough, the ministers sit close to the front, and the seats close to the front, and the seats almost behind the leaders of in, in Parliament, whether it's the major, majority leaders in Parliament and those who actually belong to the parliamentary chamber. The MPs themselves, the member of parliament, they sit behind the ministers. And the ministers have the opportunity and the right to contribute to debate. They don't vote, but they contribute to debate. And they're they're given priority in many instances to talk, to speak in parliament, to debate members of parliament who represent the people down there. And for a very long time, you take a look at our constitution. Our constitution says that parliament cannot add one peswa to anything. And so parliament doesn't really change anything that is presented to it by the government of the day. So, how can we talk about checks and balances? And so you have people who are ministers, who are also members of parliament, they go and sit in cabinet where the other members of parliament can't go. And they go and decide what to do, how to do it, for what purpose. They agree, they take the piece of paper to parliament and go and sit in parliament to argue it out with the members of parliament And vote. Not the ministers. See to it that the members of parliament vote. How do you get accountability? Where does checks and balances fit? Where does it sit? So basically, the legislature and the executive become one. How do the people win? Now, I have been a member of parliament and not a minister. I have been a minister and not a member of parliament. And then I have also been an assembly member, not a minister, not a a member of parliament, but I have been a minister and at the same time, a member of parliament. So I have experienced all of that in Ghana. So I have experienced what works, what doesn't work. What I can say clearly is that it doesn't work to be a minister and at the same time, a member of parliament. You just simply don't have the time to devote to your task as a member of parliament because the ministerial responsibility is seen as one that supersedes that of member of parliament. Even your own people, today and before my time as well, people will look at a member of parliament and say, well, uh, we hope the president looks upon you as someone responsible enough to make you a minister. And if you are not made a minister, they say, well, what's wrong with you? if you belong to the same political party as the as the president so everybody pushes their mp to tr- try and become a minister so it means becoming an mp is just it's only <laughs> the key to becoming a minister it's just the key to become a minister so the job of member of parliament the one who's supposed to go and devote 100% of their time to make good laws, to challenge and make sure that what is presented to parliament by the executive, to make sure that those things are good for the people, that those things will be cost effective that those things will work to lift the country up. Those, That responsibility, it just simply, it can't happen. Not under this constitution. So if, for example, I was a minister of energy, very, very, very demanding ministry, an essential one. So if there are power problems in the country, which happened then, and happen, they happen now. Which one am I going to do? You get up in the morning? Should I go to parliament and sit there all day? Or go and help solve the problems to do with energy? And we have so many people, so many talented people in Ghana. Why should we give the same person the jobs of member of parliament and minister of state? Why? When we need to share the task, we need to share the burden. We need to bring a variety of people to the task to lift up the country. So how are you gonna develop? And who is gonna challenge the decisions? So if we are in debt, how did the debt come? How did the problems arise? It's the constitution. It is the Constitution that has put us where we are. And so we should look at fixing it. And so let the people vote wherever they may be. Let them vote for all of their assembly members. Let them vote for their chief executives, whether it's a district, metropolitan, or a municipal one. Let's make sure that no MP becomes a minister of state and stays one. So if an MP becomes a minister of state, he or she must resign from parliament so somebody else can go there. Let's separate the two. So cabinet and the executive, one side, the legislature, members of parliament, another side. Do you think A Member of Parliament for a ruling party in Ghana can get up and say to the whole world, I don't agree to this, this move, this budget, or this bill that has been presented by the President, can a Member of Parliament today in Ghana with this constitution, can they do this? Can they say this? Well... Ask yourself, take a look around. I'm saying, this is what is constraining our development in Ghana. So, if with all of this, the the PPP says, let's have December 7th become, become the the date that they they spread the word to fix the constitution, let's support them, let's support them, let's join them, no matter which political party, religious group you're a member of, so that some change can come, so that we can strengthen the base of the country, so that the decision-making would spread, responsibility will spread. And if we decentralize this way, then we decentralize the funds as well. So any, any municipality, district, metropolitan area, they will determine, determine their own priorities, local priorities, and do what is needed for the people down there. And then there'll be a variety as well. Because, you know, in Ghana, there are parts of the country that like PPP people, like NDC people, like MPP people, like CPP people, like independent people. So when we change the constitution to let the people vote for whom they want, a variety of people would also get into government. And if they don't do the right things, well, the people will go the next time and vote them out. If they like them, they will let them continue. And there will not be one person sitting in Accra being the be-all and end-all in the country. Having everybody go one way. And if you're seen not to be liked by that person, or that party, or then you sit out the system for a whole four years, maybe a whole eight years. So you wait. You wait. So either there's a feast or there's a famine. And because of our swinging pendulum, feast, famine, feast, famine, we go up, 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 front, 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 then we go back, back, back. Down, down, down. That is our problem. And yes, I haven't talked money. I haven't talked infrastructure. I haven't talked anything specific. But I'm saying, give the power to the people down there. Let's decentralize. And let's democratize leadership. Spread it amongst different people, men and women around the country and you will see what will happen with development and prosperity in the country. And I have often said, nobody's taking me seriously and and just for talking sake. If I had the responsibility to develop Elmina and its surrounding areas, or commenda edna eguafuabrim K E E A. Well, all of my experience, all of my talent, all my contacts, all the stuff that I have learned, it would go into developing that one area. Just using myself as an example, and there are thousands of people. Many of them better than I am, who may be available for the task. If they didn't have to hold allegiance to anybody sitting in Accra except the people who vote for them. Let's do it. Let's fix this constitution. And let's see how great and strong and wonderful the country called Ghana. Will become. This has been Fresh Matters, and I am Papa Kwesi Endome.